I tell you what, I think it every week, but how amazing is it to get to stand together in worship, in those spaces of sung worship and song together. And it's kind of fitting because this morning I'm talking kind of around preparation and uh, because worship can be an act of preparation. You know, is anyone else kind of ever leave a time of worship and go, I just feel like I'm a little bit better prepared to face the rest of my week or the rest of my day or, you know, the next conversation I know I'm going to have to have. You know, and when we spend time praising God, it helps us to gain perspective and it reminds us of who we are, but more importantly, it reminds us who God is. You know, because we can stand and we declare uh, who God is. We declare his goodness and his faithfulness. And it is a powerful weapon against the lie that says that God isn't in control or is not able. You know, we get to join together um, in worship. And that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that worshiping prepares us and teaches us to submit and surrender to God. Our priorities, our plans, our hopes, dreams, even our fears. You know, it prepares our focus so that we're better able to recognize God and hear from him and have the confidence to then boldly step out in obedience when he calls. So hopefully you're feeling a little more prepared to hear the word of God this morning after that. Thank you, team, for for leading it. And I'm just going to pray as well. Lord, as we've gathered here this morning, we thank you that you have gone before us. And Lord, as we sit here now, we ask that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, that you would have your way in this room. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a sure and certain knowledge of you. Amen. Well, good morning. It is lovely to see you. It's been a wee while since I've stood up here and got to to share the word with you. Jeremiah gives his apologies. He is actually preaching out at our Selwyn campus this morning, and he has asked that you try not to miss him too much. And uh, I actually, I'll confess to you, I wrote that in when I was prepping my sermon at the start of this week. I wrote that in as just a little joke to myself as I was trying to get myself kind of going. And then if you were on team this morning, you'll know that when he sent the run sheet out this week, he wrote in it, I hope you'll try not to miss me too much. And I went, ha ha. (laughs) So when he comes back next week, you can tell him how much you missed him. He'll appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, We're going to jump into 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verses 9 to 12. And it says this, it says, Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited for when that time comes, when things aren't quite so puzzling reflections and more like, ah, that's what was happening. You know, because now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but we, then we will see everything with perfect clarity. And when I was about seven or eight, I was trying to work out how old I think about seven. Uh, I lived in Queenstown. That's where I was raised and grew up. And we lived out in uh, Calvin Heights, if you know Queenstown, which was about half an hour's drive into town. And we used to catch the bus to and from school. 
Now, there was one day where the plan was that I was going to catch the bus home after school as normal, but my older sister, she was going to walk into town to my parents' work to meet my dad. She had some kind of appointment on or something. And when school was over for the day, you know, I decided that her option seemed a little more desirable than my option. And so I decided that I would remember mum's instructions wrong and that instead of catching the bus home, I would walk into town. Because they worked right in the center of town on the main street, and they were opposite the mall, and I thought that there was probably a good chance that I might get McDonald's for afternoon tea if I happened to be in town instead of at home with no food. And that overall, it would just be a bit more exciting than what I would get up to if I just went home. But in... Honestly, this still hurts a little bit today when I think about it. Unbeknownst to me, my mum had seen this um, afternoon as a rare opportunity where me and her would be home alone together with a free afternoon, and she had planned a beautiful mother-daughter date picnic, and she had got all my favourite foods, and she had made this beautiful little um, plan of the afternoon, how we're going to spend it together in a really special way. Way. And I remember showing up at dad's work and him saying, When are you supposed to catch the bus home? Like, I wasn't expecting you. And uh, I was like, Was I? <laughs> oh. And uh, he made me call mum. And I can still hear the disappointment in her voice as she explained what she had planned and what I was now going to miss out on. You see, I had this idea about where I wanted to be, where I thought was going to be the best spot, and so I took some steps to get me there, thinking that that was going to be the best option, and it turns out I got it wrong, and uh, therefore I missed out. And uh, I thought about that story, um, I think God actually reminded me of that story last week when uh, me and God were talking, and uh, I say when me and God were talking, um, it was actually, does anybody else ever experience it where it kind of feels like God taps you on the shoulder and kind of like interrupts? Like I was actually having a moment where I was doing some like just personal thinking about, I don't know, all sorts of things. Um, I wasn't actually including God in my thought process and I got like a, <coughs> and a, kind of got a bit of a little reprimand. And uh, I, I got a gentle telling off from God last week. And sometimes I get a stern telling off. This one was um, a, more phrases, sort of a gentle reminder and uh, you see, we're all headed somewhere, and whether we're aware of it or not, the choices we make and the voices we listen to will lead us in a direction. And what God challenged me on was, am I preparing for things on my own with my own limited knowledge to go in my own directions for the things that I think are going to be um, where I want to be, for the things that I want, or even sometimes for the things I think God wants or am I actually allowing God space to have a say? You know, he said, I have things for you to do. I have places for you to go and things for you to say. If only you would seek me first. Before you go making your own preparations, allow me to prepare you. You know, in the same way that I went, in my seven-year-old brain, I went, oh, 
I think the best place to be would, would be in town. And uh, my mum, who had more information at her disposal, she knew that she had planned this beautiful moment for us. I didn't know that. But if I had actually been obedient and listened to what she had asked for me and gone in the direction that she had asked, then I would have got that moment. And like the passage says, you know, we only know in part and what looks good and right to us might not actually be where God wants to lead us. Ephesians 2, chapter 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We know God does have things in store for us, each and every one of us. There are plans and purposes which are in play that have been prepared in advance for us. But if we're not careful, we can kind of get caught up in doing our own thing and we might miss them. And it just so happens to be a great time of year to be thinking about where we're heading and preparing to get there. Because this week, uh, starting on Wednesday, is the start of Lent in the Christian liturgical calendar. So Lent is the 40-day period leading up to Easter, which means that Easter is coming, and coming up really soon. Does anyone else feel like this year is kind of like zipping by already? Uh, and if you haven't heard of Lent, then I'm guessing you might have heard of Easter, uh, because not only is that celebrated in the church, but we even get public holidays for it and all sorts of stuff outside as well. And uh, Easter is arguably the most important date in the church calendar. Uh, where God's redemptive plan for the world through Jesus was made known. And uh, Romans 5 uh, gives a really great overview um, of what was accomplished. So I'm going to read a few verses from in there. Firstly, um, verses 1 to 2. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And it continues in verse 6 to 11. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. I mean, reconciliation to God, restored relationship with the Father, adoption as heirs to the kingdom, infilling of the Holy Spirit to be our constant companion. All of these things were made possible through the death and resurrection of Jesus. You know, it says we now get to boast in the hope of the glory of God because we have peace with God through Jesus. Through faith in him, we have access to this grace. You know, these are big things. This is Easter changes everything. And uh, when I think about where I'm heading or what God has in store for me, I know it starts with the cross. I might not know where it's going. I might not know all of those things. But I know that my story and what God has planned for me starts with Jesus. 
And it's therefore critical for me to make sure that I don't forget the significance of Easter. You know, that Jesus doesn't just become background, um, a background figure in my plans. I need to make sure that I spend time developing an ever deeper understanding of God's grace. And it'll always start with the cross, with Jesus. And uh, if we're ever unsure if we're heading where we should be, if we're doing what we should be, then let's come back to the cross as our start point. And I love the season of Lent. Um, uh, the older I got, the, the more I've come to uh, deeply appreciate it. And whether you observe it or not, the opportunity is always there for us to prepare ourselves to receive afresh the good news of Jesus in order that we might be able to step into the plans and purposes that God has prepared for us. Uh, Matt Holderness talks about Lent uh, like this. It says, uh, much like how we prepare for significant events in our personal lives, such as weddings or birthdays, Lent calls, us, calls for us to ready our minds and hearts to remember the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You know, I, I like that because it's true, we do. We prepare for things in our lives all the time. When we have significant things or things of note, um, we prepare to them, not just physically with preparations, but we spend time making sure that we're thinking about them, that we're ready for them. Um, and in the lead up to this Easter, I would invite you to set some time aside to prepare to remember again the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus that changes everything. So in case I haven't convinced you yet, um, I have a few reasons why taking time to prepare and to reflect and to remember a story, which um, I'm assuming a lot of people in this new room know really well, is a helpful thing. And then a few uh, practical ideas on how we can go about it this year. So uh, proper preparation does a few things. Firstly, it helps us to gain perspective. You know, it reminds us of who we are and, more importantly, who God is. And this helps shift us from a, a temporal mindset of things that are just temporary that are only here on this earth to having an eternal mindset to those things that are going to outlast the earth, um, the things that really matter. And uh, I find when that happens, we're better able to see God's plans outworking. We get a clearer picture. We get a bit more of that knowledge, a bit more of... Um, you know, God's view of what is happening and what he's doing. Uh, when we take the time to really sit with the story of the cross and with Easter, uh, it also helps us to regain focus. You know, and this is a big part of what God was impressing on me the other week. You know, my focus was on where I wanted to go, all the things that I wanted to do, how I was going to respond, how I was going to solve the problems, how I was going to react, all of those sorts of things. And even though they were good things, you know, it, was, it wasn't like they were, you know, negative or really selfish or any of those sorts of things. Um, it, my focus shouldn't have been on me, it should have been on Jesus, you know, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so we need to make sure that our focus is correct. And this is going to help to realign our priorities as well. I was listening to a, um, just some live uh, worship that was being done by a church in the States. And the worship leader, she was sharing that uh, she, was, she had prepared for the, this worship set. And she goes, and I was praying for all of these things for all of you. She goes, and I got halfway through my prayer and I suddenly went, oh, well, God, this is what I'm asking for, but, but what is it that you want to do in this room? 
And I think sometimes we, we, we seek God, and it's not that we are... Um, you know, we're not trying to be selfish, but actually we come with this idea of what it is that we want God to do, but sometimes he's going, guys, look what I want to do, and we need to be able to open up that space to hear so that um, our focus is realigned on Jesus. And then lastly, when we sit with the knowledge of the cross and what Jesus has done, it builds faith. You know, it reminds our spirits of whom we put our trust in, the one who conquered sin and death, you know, who tore the veil and made a way for us, what confidence we can have in Jesus. And it's one of those stories that the more you hear it, I don't think it lessens the impact it has. Actually, what it does is it, it reminds us again and goes, oh my goodness, wow, what an incredible uh, power the cross had. Uh, what Jesus accomplished, and that helps to, uh, to build our faith. So some of the things which, uh, which we can do, you know, uh, Lent I mentioned is the, the period of 40 days of preparation leading up to Easter, and it's generally accepted that uh, Jesus, who went into the desert and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert to prepare for his public ministry, uh, is the primary inspiration for the time frame of Lent uh, and for the various Lenten practices that uh, have been observed over the centuries. Uh, it's a really fascinating study. If you're, if you're interested, the history of Lent, um, there's records that show it's been practice basically since the apostles in various uh, iterations and forms. And although it has had changes of, um, uh, you know, what the practices might be, the focus was always on that it is a period of preparation so that we are better able to receive um, uh, the news of Jesus. Uh, and I should note that obviously, you know, all of these things are not exclusive to the 40 days before Easter. Um, uh, it's just a good chance for us to, to have something in our calendar to remind us of these. But these are, these are things that should be, for us, something we practice all of the time. Uh, first and foremost, though, um, uh, Lent has been known as a time of intentional prayer. And we're given lots of uh, instructions in, in the Bible around how to pray. You know, if you're having a hard time getting started or you're finding that your prayer life is kind of feeling a little stale, then I encourage you to look up some of the scriptures uh, that explore prayer in the Bible. Uh, but we're encouraged to pray in the Spirit, uh, meaning that it's, it's not just all about what we want out of it, but it's an invitation for God to speak to us and reveal His will. You know, like I was saying before, with the, uh, it's not just, Lord, I want this, I want this. It's, it's what would you have for me as well? And so making sure that uh, as we are setting aside time to spend in prayer, that we are able to um, open up that space, uh, make sure that it is a conversation. Uh, also part, a huge part of um, the traditional Lenten practices and things that we can um, do as well uh, is fasting. So fasting is the act of denying ourselves or abstaining from something, uh, commonly food, but it can take other forms as well. And there are examples of fasting um, throughout the Bible. Um, uh, they're used um, uh, for, for mourning, for uh, repentance, for all sorts of things. Uh, and uh, fasting can help um, in a number of ways. Um, one of the things is that it's a physical reminder 
Um, you know, we feel it physically in our bodies to help reflect what's happening in our spirits. Um, uh, you know, it reminds us to put our trust only in God for sustenance. You know, that we live not on bread alone, that it is God in whom we put our trust to sustain our needs. Um, part of it is around practicing discipline, you know, bringing our bodies physically into submission of choosing what we are doing, what we're putting in our bodies, um, of the denying um, as, as a form of discipline. Uh, it also follows the example of Jesus. Um, uh, Jesus spent time um, in periods of fasting in order for preparation. Uh, it can help open up space for us to sit with God in a new way. Another thing uh, um, uh, that we uh, that I encourage you to, to be intentional about at the moment is um, uh, practicing generosity and hospitality. You know, by being intentional about thinking of others and meeting others' needs, it can uh, again help shift our priorities and perspective, and it opens up opportunities for us to practice the same kind of selfless love for others which Christ demonstrated for us. And that can help to start deepen and richen our understanding of God's love. Um, we also um, have scripture and spending time in the Bible. And not just reading the word, though, which I think sometimes is what uh, can be a habit we fall into, but actually meditating on the word. You know, it talks a lot in scripture about um, meditating on the word, of spending time uh, within it. And um, one of the best ways that I've found to do this um, uh, for myself recently is through memorization, of making sure that we don't just read the word and then dismiss it, but that actually if we practice um, meditation on the word, it's helpful if we know it. And not just when we have the page open in front of us, but actually the more uh, of God's word that we're able to have in our hearts and in our minds, the more uh, God's going to be able to to surface that at the right time to be able to respond so that we're able to use his words. And it's a really powerful tool that God has given us is is the word of God. You know, it's talks about it being this, a sword uh, that can cut through um, things. So I encourage you, if you uh, have a, a, a Bible reading habit or practice uh, that doesn't include memorization, perhaps this would be your time to explore that. I always remember um, the first time that I ever went on a, uh, had a period of my life where I felt really called to memorize scripture. And so I would memorize full chapters at a time. And uh, Without fail, for a period of uh, six months, every time I finished learning something, that day someone would ask me about the contents of that scripture, or there'd be an opportunity for me to share the exact word of God with somebody. And my favorite one was, um, I was living overseas at the time, and I was uh, catching the bus, and I hopped on the bus, sat down, and the stranger stood up, walked straight for me, and I kind of recalled it a little bit, because he was a little scary looking, and he just looked at me, he just went, do you know what Ephesians 6 something says? And I was like, yes, I do, I learned it this morning, and I was able to share it. <laughs> and uh, then he walked away, and I just had this incredible moment with God of being like, I was able to use you to speak truth that that man needed to hear at that moment because you were prepared. Um, so I, I encourage you to, to give it a go. It's, it's incredible the ways in which God um, will use your faithfulness in um, habits like that. Um, 
There is all sorts of other um, uh, things, obviously, that we can do, that we can um, uh, prepare ourselves um, for. Uh, Ben, can I get you to come up and join me again? Um, But I suppose as I was nudged by God to open up space for him to do the preparing, I want to pass that, that invitation and that challenge on to you as well. You know, like what we celebrate at Easter is really the crux of our faith. And so this year, um, you know, I invite you to once again, are you actually prepared to hear and to remember and to reflect and to receive the good news of Jesus? You know, whether it's a story that you've received multiple times before, whether you've been living it out for the last 70 years, or whether you're on still on the journey, you've not actually met Jesus yet, or maybe this is your first Easter since you met Jesus. You know, wherever you are on that journey, I invite you to make sure sure that you are prepared um, for this season. You know, don't get caught heading in the wrong direction like I did back when I was a child, when I thought that I was going somewhere good. And it might have been good. And I think I did get McDonald's, but you know what? It didn't taste very good because I knew that I had missed out on something far more significant. And I would hate for that to be us. You know, I... Will the prep and the things that we're doing, the things we're giving our attention to, um, the things that we're putting into our lives, you know, are they going to lead us closer or further away to where God is trying to lead us? And we're not going to know unless we open up that space to hear from God, unless we make sure that we're aligning our hearts and our minds and our spirits with the will of God. And so we have this opportunity and we have it at every moment, but this morning, you know, to be led to the cross again this Easter. And we're actually going to sing um, a, a song called Lead Me to the Cross. Um, and I just pray that as you sit under the worship this morning, that you, would, that you would be intentional about that, that you would say, God, here I am, and I'm listening for you. And uh, all of the things that I think I know, um, I know that that next to, next to you, they are worth nothing. And so help me to put those aside and help me to seek you. Help me to focus on you. Um, uh, yeah. So we're going to sing together. So if you want to stand, you're welcome to stand. If you would rather sit, you're welcome to sit. If for you, um, a, a physical action of, of uh, um, acknowledging that you're going to do something different, that you're going to seek with your spirit in a new way, if coming forward is helpful, if kneeling is helpful, um, uh, whatever it is, this moment is between you and it's uh, between God. And uh, I just encourage you, don't let it pass you by. You know, let's seek again. Let's find, you know, the reason for the hope that we carry. It is incredible. And so please join me as we sing again.